Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I am your host, women's empowerment coach and motivational speaker, Megan Hall. And on this podcast, I'm going to connect you with inspirational women who will share their real stories. And we're going to chat about topics relevant to women today. I'd love to continue to support you on your life's journey. Please join us in the Inspired Women community on Facebook. Thank you for tuning in today and enjoy the show. Hey guys, today I am here with Lainey. So Lainey and I met through a previous podcast guest, Kelly Ruda's group, um, which is now the Limitless Entrepreneur, which I'll link up in the show notes, um, and Kelly's uh, episode, inspiredwomenpodcast.com. And Lainey reached out to me and she said, hey, are you looking for podcast guests? And I'm like, sure. (laughs) I'm always (laughs) open for new podcast guests. It's always fun. Um, So Lainey has had 19 years of sales, which is amazing because she doesn't even look old enough to have 19 years of sales. So when I read that, I was like, what? Um, Marketing, uh, finance, strategy, management, HR, and event experience. Lainey shows up fully in a strategic partnership with her clients. She creates a short and long-term project and event strategies that can be integrated into a client's core business a specific period of time that results increased revenue and extraordinary efficiency. So that, wow, that was a, that was a lot. My brain just went out, pop. Um, but yes, events are super important. I know a lot of people do in person and, and virtual, and maybe we have business owners listening on the call right now who have been thinking about it. And Lainey is definitely your girl. I've heard lots of amazing things about her events. So I will, I'll put a plug in for her. Um, so if you're ready to host, create a live event, launch or opening, she'll work with you to develop a plan and strategy that will effectively map out the path to get there. She creates a win-win situation for you, which I like win-win situations. They make me happy. I feel like a lot of times I have people reach out to me and it's like, I'm like, you're asking a lot out of me and what do I get out of this? Like, Come on, give it back. Um, So her work and services include event consultation, training, mentoring, coaching, planning, logistics, offsite and onsite management, sponsorship, and marketing. She has successfully produced, executed, and managed event marketing ventures for companies such as Jeep, Winter X Games, E, Walmart, Pepsi, Disney XD, and more. Wow, those are some big companies there. Like That's something to put on your resume. After taking nine months off of business to take care of her mom, she relaunched her business and decided she wanted to make an event, an event greater impact with her work and her clients. With her mom fighting her third round of cancer, Lainey is learning to be present in her business and in her mom's fight without once again trying to save the day. And that's really what our, where our topic starts off with is um, when Lainey reached out to me, she was talking to me about how difficult it is to like do all of the things. Um, and it can be uh, to do all the things. And I hope things are going well with your mom because I know that that can be really difficult. My um, grandmother actually is a cancer survivor herself. So, um, but as far as what it's like to run a business and take care of a family member. Yeah. So I, so I found out my mom had cancer in November of 2015. At the time I was in Denver and I, when I found out it was, I'd already had a ticket home for the holidays. And so I literally packed up my life. I put it in storage. Seven days later, I was on a plane to home to take care of my mom. So I made a very quick, very, fast executive decision that I was going to go
go home and fix this. <laughs> I mean, and I look back and that's how I did it. You know, when I was in the moment, I was like, oh my God, my mom has cancer and I need to be there. Um, but when I look back at it and going through a lot of, you know, self inner work and everything, I'm like, wow, I really just felt like I needed to go fix the situation. <laughs> So, but I did, I went home and I spent uh, what I thought would be, you know, a couple of months dealing with uh, surgery and, you know, a minor recovery turned out to be a nine month journey where I put my entire life on the back burner. I actually didn't run my business. I made enough money to pay the bare minimum of my bills. I walked out and broke my lease on my apartment. So uh, yeah, so I, I walked away from everything essentially to take care of my mom to my own detriment, but I wouldn't change it. I wouldn't do it again, but I wouldn't change it. Yeah, I totally get that. And especially cause you, you pretty much just put your life on hold. So what kind of, I want to, I don't want to say, I, I want to put this, I want to put this gently in the right way, but just say it, <laughs> say what, it girl. what kind of. I know I try not to filter myself too much on the podcast, uh, but what kind of things did you see, like, instead of pros, what kind of cons, what kind of negative outcomes did you, uh, did you experience because you put your whole life on hold like this? So, you know, I came out of that situation when I was, well, let, let me start when I was in the midst of the situation, I was not aware of what I was doing to myself. I was very aware of what my mom needed but I was not taking care of my own needs. So in the midst of it, my, I was trying to be healthy. I was trying to get to the gym. I might've made it 20 times in like nine months. I was like, but I was like, there was an effort, but I wasn't eating good. I wasn't sleeping well. Um, I was, I was giving my mom a ton of shit. Oh, I hope it's okay to curse. Cause I might curse. As long um, as you don't <laughs> drop the F bomb. If you do, I'll just edit it out. We're good. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> so, but I, I didn't take care of me. I didn't take care of my mental needs, my emotional needs, my health needs. So when I got done, I had called my aunt. I was, I finished with helping my mom like mid June of 2016. And in April, I had gone down to my aunt's house who lived like four hours um, south of my family in Southern Oregon. And I called her up and I said, I want to come out for my birthday. And when I was there, I spent the weekend. It was such a good break. But I realized then that I was not in a good place for me. And I asked her if I could just come out and spend the rest of the summer with her when I was done with my mom, you know, can I come out and spend a couple of months? Mind you, my entire life is in storage. So I actually don't have a house to go back to in Denver. So I have to like literally figure out my whole life again. And I, when I got to my aunt's house, my mom, my mom drove me down. Um, and so my mom could see my aunt and everything. And so my, after my mom left, I literally broke down in tears. I was like the ugly cry tears. It was awful. <laughs> and I had to start over. I had to figure it out. My aunt was like, what do you need? What do we need to do? Let's get you back on your feet. Because I hadn't taken care of anything in my, my own life across the board. I just had let it all fall apart. Wow. Yeah. And that can be really hard because a lot of times, I don't know. A lot of times when I found myself in that place where I've just given it all to everybody around me, I kind of become a little resentful of them. Did you have any of those feelings after you got done taking care of your mom? No, no, I actually never felt resentful. My mom and I've had some really up and down times um, because she went through a divorce and there's a whole story there. So this was actually my time with my mom was actually really healing 
for for our relationship. So I definitely don't resent the time that we had and, and being able to spend that time with her. I regret making and taking actions that were my own choice. So there was nothing that my mom did that deserves any resentment. It was really back on my responsibility and, you know, my awareness of, like, of taking my own, taking responsibility as a, an adult and saying, I screwed up and I shouldn't have gone that far and I should have done it differently. That's why I say I wouldn't change it, but I would definitely do it again. I wouldn't do it again that way. So how would you do it if you had to do it again? Well, hopefully you never have to do it again. But if you could go back into time and and change the things. Um, I know that your mom's going through her third um, bout with cancer right now. So you may be in a similar situation. Um, Yeah. How how would you change things? So so here's where – so this is what's crazy. It wasn't just cancer we were dealing with. Um, So (laughs) let me add, add to the story. Three weeks after my surgery, she decided she was going to go back to work. And I said, Mom, I really think that you need to take some extra time off. You know, me being aware of how you need to take care of yourself. Again, not taking care of my own self. But Mom, you need to take care of yourself and take some more time off. She was like, no, I get back to work. She's freaking out. I was like, all right. Like, but, you know, we'll go back to work. Four days after she went back to work, she was rear-ended um, oh, one no. morning on her way to work. Yeah. So she called me up crying. I go save her again because I'm the only one around. My, I have three brothers and they're all at their jobs, but you know, I work from home. So I'm the easily accessible person. So I go and I rescue her. We deal with her car issues. Her car is totaled. And then that was on a Thursday on a Sunday night, the same, same within like three days later, she fell down her stairs and broke her left foot and sprained her right ankle. So we went from my mom being fully functional three weeks after her surgery and dealing with, you know, her minor issues to now she can't walk. And so that's, this is why it took nine months to take care of her because she couldn't walk. She couldn't bathe herself. She couldn't do anything. So the first thing I would have done is I would have applied for caregivers. Like there's money out there for caregivers and caretakers um, that I had no idea about. I would, I would do that first. <laughs> because you have to have funds. You have to like be able to take care of yourself. And number two, I would actually um, get more of my family to participate. My brothers um, didn't really participate by choice. They chose not to participate in the help of my mom. And that was their choice. I love them. We've had our issues with it. We've dealt with it. But I would definitely try to get more people to assist. And I mean, I did a lot. We got the church to provide food um, for like six weeks and, um, we got friends to come over and my, I did have my two aunts come down, but that was like the first, you know, two, three, four weeks, but we had six months of this. So I would definitely, I couldn't get out of like driving around. We got her like a bus ticket. So that way she could go on to the, you know, she could get around if I wasn't able to drive her. So we did all those things, but I still was there 97% of the time. So I don't know how I would change eliminating myself from the picture from that kind of a situation. But now with my mom's cancer, um, when, it, when we go back to the, just the cancer scenario, I would just, I, like right now, I'm like, mom, what do you want to do? I don't agree with the choices that she's making, but I've chosen to give my recommendation of what I believe would be a better choice for her to make. And we talk about it and then I walk away and I let her choose and she's chosen to not 
take the healthy path or what I consider, you know, me and my opinion, <laughs> what I consider the healthy path. And so I, I now I sit and I just, I love her. I want my mom to live, but she has to choose to live. And that's a really hard place to be in where, and I've cried over it and I've, you know, journaled over it. And I, and even now, like, it's not easy to talk about. Um, I feel myself like kind of like starting to choke up, but I love my mom and I don't want her to die. Yeah. But she truly has to make that decision on her own. That is so profound and it is so true. My grandmother actually, she recently had a scare and they still haven't discovered what exactly is wrong with her, but they keep saying it's a possibility that the cancer might have returned. And she's like, I'm not going to do chemo again. I'm not going to do anything. She's like, I'm just going to, I'm too old for that. And I'm just like, ah! but you're mine. Like you can't go anywhere. So how do you wrap your head around that? uh, Having somebody who, you know, who, you know, like this would be the best option for them, like for, to help them, whatever the best option might be. I told her she doesn't have to do chemo. They have natural ways of treating things as well that she could try, but she said no. Um, but how do you do that? Like, how do you wrap your head around that and be able to say, okay, I'm going to give you my opinion, but then I'm going to walk away and say, you know what? I, I can't control you. You're an adult, but you got to do what you got to do. You know, I, so, so one of the things that I did for myself was to hire a coach when, when I got back on, like when I was done helping my mom, cause I realized that I needed to help myself. And so that's kind of where I sit now is I love my mom and my dad, you know, my dad's going through his own health issues and, and I love my parents. Um, but I'm an adult and they're an adult and I'm going to choose what's best for me. And the, the choice that's best for me is to not stress and worry and to not put that energy into the situation. My, the best thing for me and for them is for me to show up fully in love and, in, and, and continue to express kindly and gently. Cause I'm a little hardcore with my mom. <laughs> um, and she knows it and I'm and she, you know, she's like, you're a little bossy, but she appreciates a level of it. (laughs) I am her child. So (laughs) she, you know, she, she, uh, she tolerates my bossiness to a point, but I, but really, I just, I've decided to just show up and love because that's the best thing for me. That, that is what serves my heart and keeps me from saying, I need to go rescue her because I can't save her. I can't make her, I can't, the food that she puts in her mouth, I can't control the, activity that she does or does not do I can't control and she's not a kid you know she's in her 60s she's lived her life and you know she's chosen she's making her choices and and part of that is a good lesson to go I need to make my choices so she's making her choices and now I'm like all right well those are the choices that you're going to make I'm going to continue to make the choices that best serve me and my life you know and obviously ones that don't hurt others but that's the best way I can do it. It's the best thing I can do. I love that. And I agree. I, so many times we get wrapped up in other people's decisions, their actions, their words, their thoughts, their feelings, and think that we can do something about it, but we can't. Mm-hmm. I, I have four children and I can't do anything about what those little pooper heads. <laughs> not to say anything mean about them. Um, what they think, like, you know, what they do, right. they're six, eight and 14. And 
you know, I want to shake my 14 year old sometimes. Sorry, Carmel, if you're listening, um, because I'm like, come on, just don't, don't make the same mistakes I did. Learn from me. But then, you know, people have to learn on their own and it can be really, it can be really difficult taking that ownership of our own actions instead of worrying about other people. So how did you, what, what has been your process? You've mentioned a couple of things. You mentioned that you hired a coach, which of course I'm a coach. So I'm all for hiring coaches. Like I think it's the right. most amazing thing people can do. Um, but what was the processes that you went through over the last couple of years to help yourself come to this place of saying, okay, mom, like what, what things have you done for yourself? Um, besides hiring a coach that has allowed you to, to be able to come to this place of, I love you. I'm going to show you love, but I'm, I'm going to do me. Yeah. So, I mean, hiring a coach was definitely the number one thing for me. Um, when I feel like I'm, you know, frustrated with my family dynamic dynamic and all the crap that goes along with that, you know, I'm like, I messaged her and I'm like, what the F? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so having somebody who has that third party perspective to kind of ground me has, you know, and, and bring my, like my emotional high of craziness from my family, you know, bring it back down to normal and, and being able to really be aware of, of what's happening around me. Um, and then, you know, meditation has been instrumental in, you know, just, and I'm not a crazy person, but this has definitely, this, this kind of a situation definitely brings out sometimes like the the high stresses the high emotions um that you normally you don't experience on a day-to-day situation so definitely is like regrounded me just you know reading you know reading the same kind of content so um you know i've read a, a bunch of books like the emotion code being able to tap into sources and um and resources that will empower me to make better choices and to better take care of myself so everything this year has been about what can i do what can I learn from my mom and the choices that she's making to not replay and re and do her, you know, and make her decisions? Like how do I avoid making these choices when, you know, now till when I'm her age, you know, how can I make better choices? So even like crazy stuff as what, what people think is crazy, but I'm actually transitioning into an, an entire plant-based whole food um, lifestyle and walking away from eating meat and I don't eat dairy already and um, I don't eat bread and, and I had to cut sugar out. That was really hard to do. But even just coming back to what is going in my body, you know, if I, you know, cancer runs rampant in the world, cancer runs rampant in my family um, because we eat, we've been raised to eat a certain way. And so how can I make better choices that will protect my life, protect myself, protect my body, protect my mind, protect my heart, everything, you know, so everything is really about how can I learn and grow and be the better version of myself and be the best version of myself every single day. And it's a work in progress. Yeah, I think as you're right. It, and it's always going to be work in progress. A lot of people think if I just do this one thing, then I'll be done, right? I won't have to do anything else. I'll be, I'll be completely done. Or they're looking at their best friend and they're like, wow, she does this thing. So maybe I should do that thing because she's doing it and it's working for her. And we don't mm-hmm. even like reflect on the fact that we really need to discover what works best for us as right. humans and know that it's ever evolving. Like it's never going to be, there's not an end point where, you know, someday you're going to be like, I've made it. I'm here. <laughs> Everything is done. Right. <laughs> like, right exactly. new, new things come up all the time. And yep. um, it, 
you know, talking to you and, and reading uh, what you sent me and everything, I you t- mentioned a word that's one of my favorite words. I often spit it out to my clients and everybody else is boundaries. A lot of times yes. <laughs> people really struggle to set boundaries, especially, especially with their families, because we feel like our families like deserve to have all of us, right? They deserve mm-hmm. to like have all of us. My mom birthed me, so I must do all of the things for her because she birthed me. And in all reality, that's not it. Like my kids aren't tied to me and owe me something for the rest of their lives because I gave birth to them. Like, (laughs) if anything, it's the opposite. Like I owe them like to be able to like raise them properly and take care of them and all that, you know, as a mom. Um, so how have you been able to set boundaries with your family so that they aren't taking from your bucket? Right. I always like in, um, we all are like a bucket and things either give you energy or take away energy or do a little bit of both. Um, how are you setting those boundaries for, with your family so that they're not taking away from your bucket? So it's really interesting um, because I had another boundary issue come up last week um, or between, between Christmas and New Year's. So I'm constantly setting and, and then going back and going, oh, I need to reset that boundary. Like, you know, adjust, making adjustments. So you know, like, um, I'm staying with my dad. So I'm a digital nomad at the moment. So my, since my mom um, got cancer and my life has been in storage, my life has stayed in storage. And I traveled all year in 2017 until I came home for the holidays and my brother's wedding. So it was really great to avoid family boundary issues because there were none <laughs> that I had to deal with. I was, <laughs> I was global. I was out, you know, I was in other countries. It was great. But when I came home, uh, I'm staying at my dad's house and he's remodeling his home and he's moving and all of these things. And I realized, I'm like, I, I need, they don't respect, I don't want to say that they don't respect, but they all work nine to five jobs. So I'm the only entrepreneur in my family. So there's, there's an unknown that they have about how I work. So I'm available according to them because I'm at home and I'm, you know, I'm not at a job and I don't have a boss. And so all of those, you know, all those factors go, oh, well, Amy can do this. Oh, Amy can do that. And I'm like, no, 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 no. I need to work. So, uh, so I have my own podcast. And one of the things that I set with my dad is dad, I need to record two days a week. So I'm going to record on Wednesdays and Thursdays, unless you have, you know, an issue with that. So Wednesdays and Thursdays at my dad's house, there are no contractors allowed. There are no loud noises allowed because I need to have quiet so I can do all of my phone calls and all of my recordings and, and get all that done. It's been really hard for him because he doesn't understand. He goes, are you getting paid to do this? And I'm like, no, dad, <laughs> I'm not getting paid to do all these calls. So <laughs> there's these dynamics with my family being the only entrepreneur. And as you guys know, as entrepreneurs, like, right, we, we have our irons in like 20 pots, right? Or we have 20 irons in a pot, but we have all these things going and they don't always under, like our family doesn't always understand. So I'm, I'm constantly just going, nope, I'm not able to do that. Or I can do that, but I can only do it on, uh, at this time or on this day. Um, I, like my parents were both stranded the week between, on the same exact day, the same exact morning um, on Wednesday between Christmas and New Year's. And of course, the only person available to save the day was Lainey. And I, I, and I recognize, I didn't recognize it initially, but both my parents were calling me at the same time. 
My mom's up in Washington. My dad's truck died in the middle of the road. And they're both trying to get me to help them navigate what they got to do. And about one o'clock in the afternoon, I realized, shit, I did it again. I, <laughs> I like, I like my day got overcome and overtaken by my family. Now, during the holidays, it wasn't a huge deal. I didn't have a ton of work to do. I mean, I had work to do, but, but I realized a little too late, but I was, you know, but I realized it, right? I, I had an awareness. So I was like, okay, that's another boundary that I need to set because I don't, and this is the boundary. I don't have a vehicle while I'm here in Portland at my family's house. So um, I use, you know, I all do Uber or I do public transportation but like my mom, I had her car during the holidays. So what I've realized that when I have a vehicle and I'm home at my family's house, there's an expectation that Lainey can just hop in the car and go. So it's a new boundary that I have to set that says, no, I'm sorry, I'm not available to do that. Be- just because you think I am available. <laughs> so it's, it's, it's a process. Like they show, they, things show up crazy, like crazy things show up. And I'm like, ooh, I need to set a new boundary for that. So some of them, I, I totally mess up and I totally go and then realize after the fact, like, oh man, I totally just let them overtake my day and it's not their fault. It's my fault. It's my responsibility. Yes. It's totally our responsibility to set those boundaries. Boundaries are my jam. Like, cause people don't realize when it comes to boundaries, it's not just boundaries with other people. It's boundaries with yourself, boundaries with your mm-hmm. time. Like boundaries are endless. Like, and yes. a lot of times the reason we feel so stressed out and we feel like emotionally drained is because we aren't properly setting those boundaries with other people. And it can be really difficult with family um, because we want to, we want to be able to help them out and do things. But mm-hmm. when we're entrepreneurs and we're running a business from our house and I've had to do this with my mom who would call me in the middle of the day because she's like, Megan's home in the middle of the day because she doesn't do anything in the middle of the day. I don't think my mom says that. That's just me. Sorry, mom. I know you listen to the podcast. That's not what she was saying, <laughs> but she didn't realize that there are certain times that I'm working and that I, I can't right. answer the phone call. Well, I never set that boundary with her for months. And I just get frustrated every time she calls me like, mom, what do you want? And she's like, well, what's wrong with you? And I'm like, I'm working. And she'd be like, okay. But I never said, mom, please don't call me between these times because I'm working during these times. Mm-hmm. So finally one day, like it like dawned on me after I just got off a client call and I just talked about boundaries with them. And I was just like, what? I'm not even setting them in my life. So next time my mom called, I said, mom, I work between this time and this time during the day. I don't have time to answer your phone call and talk about life. Like if you want to call me after those times, I'm more than happy to have a conversation with you, but I just can't during this time. And she got a little huffy and she was like, Oh, okay. I didn't know Megan. And of course I can understand her being a little upset because she didn't know. And I didn't tell her. Mm -hmm. Um, But now I think there's only been one time since I said that, that she's called and it was during the holidays. So I think she just assumed I wasn't working anyways. Uh, (laughs) You know, people don't understand. They're like, you're a podcaster. What do you do? You talk to people? Mm -hmm. Well, like you can do that anytime. No, I have like appointments. I have times that I need to get on and do this. And it's really hard to explain to people what you do because people don't take entrepreneurship, entrepreneurship as seriously as they do like a regular nine to five, right? Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. Like if I went to an office every day, they'd be like, Oh, lady's busy. But because I'm home, they're like, Oh, she's available. I'm like, wait a second. No, I'm still working. Thank you. (laughs) That's so true. And it's, it's, it's difficult because unless somebody's actually like experienced what it's like to run a business, 
They don't. They see that you're at home and they're like, oh, so you're always available. And I'm like, no, I'm not always available. And no, I don't have time to do that. And no, please don't mm -hmm. call me up to come bail you out and do this thing because I really can't, I can't do that right now. So uh, I want to switch a little bit. And here you mentioned that you traveled all of last year. That okay. I'm, I'm sure some people's eyes lit up because that's probably like a dream of theirs. I wish I could travel more. So share with us a little bit about your travels. Like we've talked, you talked a lot about your family and setting boundaries and everything, but how were you able to like detach yourself from all of that and go and travel for a year? <laughs> well, it was actually easier than you might expect. So I have not lived at home in the same town as my family for probably 15 years. So um, the detachment element is super easy for me because I like to go play. And as an entrepreneur, I'm up for the next big challenge. But uh, with the whole, I did an event in Bali in the fall of 2016. And I came back from that. And I was went back to my aunt's house because I'd actually, you know, stayed past the a couple of months of summer and, and I came back and I was like, you know, I need to get my own place because I was tying back into what society's expectations are, right? The standards that society says, you know, you need to have a house, you need to have a car, you need to have a cable bill and you need to have all these things and you need to be attached. And I was like, I'm not ready to go back to having my own place. I really, I spent a month in Bali and it was incredible. It was amazing. And I wanted, I didn't want to leave. It was like, I really, <laughs> really didn't want to leave, but I had to because my visa was only good for 30 days. So I was out, <laughs> came home for Christmas and I was having a conversation with my coach and I said, you know, I really don't want to settle down. And she goes, well, what does settling down look like to you? And I said, you know, a house, a car, you know, I have a dog. My dad had my dog for me while I traveled. So that was the hard part. But, you know, I'm like, you know, settling down according to society standards. And she goes, who says you have to do that? And I was like, oh, light bulb moment. It was like, holy crap, like hit the, like my face hit the wall and I had a light bulb moment. It was like, oh, I, yeah, who said I have to do that? I was, I was succumbing to that. And so I said, well, yeah, she's like, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, I want to continue traveling. And she goes, okay, well, you know, let's talk about it. Like, let's, you know, you know, I, I love and I hate coaching. Um, from a personal <laughs> place because I'm always like you ask questions that I really don't want to dive into <laughs> I really don't want to answer you're making me work for this <laughs> hire a coach people hire a coach it's amazing <laughs> a lot of people think coaching is like we just give you the answers and you go on your merry way and I'm like that's not how that works <laughs> no yeah so I'm always like oh why do you always ask me the hard questions I'm like I don't know the answer to that and you know in, in internally we we always know the answer but so, so I said, you know, I'd love to go to London. I have a friend in London and we've been talking about me coming to visit her, you know, and I've known her for four years. So I sent her a message and said, Hey, can I come to London? And you know, what's a good time? Can I come in, you know, April? Can I come for a couple of weeks? Can I come more of a, you know, can I come for more than a couple of weeks? <laughs> so I planned, a, I planned my first trip to London. I decided to go out there for a month. My friend had a a house for me or a room in her house for me and private bathroom. She's like, yeah, come out. She has three little girls. So uh, then I was like, okay, well now what am I going to do after London? And then what am I going to, so I started, I just decided, I was like, I'm just going to go. I'd never outside of Bali. I'd never traveled outside the U S before. And I wasn't scared to do it. It was, I don't know, for me, it was easy. It's not easy for everybody. But for me, I was like, 
oh, you know, stamp my passport, here's my stuff, like whatever. But um, it really wasn't difficult. But I decided to design my life is what I did. I decided to come out of this taking care of my mom's space and go, what do I want to do? Who is Lainey? What does Lainey want to do? And I totally did that whole like third person, what does Lainey want to do? Which sounds really weird when you're saying it to yourself and when you're saying it like now. <laughs> but it was like, really, like, who am I? And what do I want to do? And what do I see my life being like? And, and I was like, I want to travel. I want to go explore. I want to go see my friends that are all over the world that I talk to all the time. And so I did. I, I start, actually started in Panama. Um, and before I left the country, I went and saw my grandma because I knew I wasn't going to see her um, for six months. My grandma's health hasn't been that well either. So I wanted to go see my family. And, um, and I saw a girlfriend in Sacramento. So I did a couple like U.S. stops throughout six weeks. And then I went to Panama, spent eight days in Panama. Loved it, won't ever go back, but loved my time mm -hmm. there. <laughs> like, go to Panama at least once. <laughs> and, and went to the Panama Canal, saw the Panama Canal, it was amazing. Went to London. I absolutely love London. And, but I, here's another thing that I did I had to work and make money. So I couldn't play every day. It wasn't like, it wasn't like I just was like, oh, I'm just going to go to London and spend all this money and, and be a tourist. So I worked Monday through Thursday and I played Friday through Sunday every weekend. And there were things like in the evenings or whatever that, you know, might happen. But every week I still kept a regular work schedule. So, so instead of just being a tourist across the globe and playing, I essentially became a digital nomad. Um, then I went from London to Italy and I spent three and a half weeks in Italy. And then I went from, uh, from Italy to Bali and spent another three and a half weeks in Bali. And then I went to Australia and, um, and then I had to do some work. And so I actually came back and spent um, two months in Vegas, which was great. And actually it was in the middle of summer. So it was blasted hot, <laughs> like 120 <laughs> degrees. It was winter in Australia. So I went from like 40 degrees to 120. <laughs> but it was, um, yeah, it was amazing. So I want to go, you know, I've got more trips planned this year. Um, not as long and not the same style and not the same, you know, type of trips planned, but I'll be out traveling again this year. And, and it's now part of my lifestyle. So I like amazing. that. And I like the term digital nomad. Cause that's really, that's a really awesome term. I, it really does. Cause it makes it sound like we get really exciting. Right. And so you're like, <laughs> instead of you being like, yeah, but I worked, you're like, I, I was a digital nomad and I got to play, but I also had to work a little bit. And I'm like, oh, that sounds really cool. Uh, but mm -hmm. a lot of times we lose ourselves in society's expectations, right? We yeah. decide that our lives seem to fit into this perfect little box because that's what's expected of us is to have our life um, fit into this perfect little box. And we need to do, mm -hmm. we need to, to live a certain way and parent a certain way. And we need to, you know, be a certain way with, with our parents and, and run our business a certain way and, and do all these things. And I am totally against that. I'm like, I have, yeah. like, I'm totally against that. I'm like, this is not a cookie cutter society. We, it's not one size fits all. And how boring would it be if we were all cookie cutter versions of each other? Like that would be Amen. super, super super boring. But instead, you know, we think we have to. And I love the fact that your coach worked with you on this because it's something that I've worked with my clients too. Like, why can't you do this? Because a lot of times mm -hmm. we lose ourselves and all those expectations instead of seeing like, 
what do I really want? And why can't I do this? Like for years, mm -hmm. I told myself, like, I can't go back to school because I am a mom and I have too many children and I have to be here for them and I have to do this and I have to run a business and I have to bring, and then you know what, last year and I'm like, why can't I go back to school? Like, I really want to learn about psychology so I can help my clients on a deeper level. Why can't I? And then when I started looking into it, there's really no reason why I couldn't. And so I started, <laughs> started back to college yesterday. Yesterday was my first day. So all of these things hey. were, thank you. All these things where people were like, no, you can't do this because we're so like, it's so ingrained in our heads. Like we're kind mm -hmm. of drank the Kool-Aid in a way, exactly. <laughs> you know, believing that we can only do certain things. But especially if you are an entrepreneur, a business owner, it gives you so much freedom. You can work anywhere and do like, anything and do anything yeah. like with the internet, the, the sky is the limit actually beyond the mm -hmm. sky's limit. There is no limit to what we can do because of the internet and technology nowadays. Mm -hmm. Like we're able to do all of these things. So I love that you use that and now you have traveled and you have plans to travel. So what are a few tips that you have for people if they, if they want to travel, if they want to get some traveling in? Um, all right. So the, so one of the things that really was awesome for me is I had friends in other countries. So I, except for Bali, I mean, I had friends in Bali too, but, um, you, you really have to find your own place to get close. Stay in Bali. It's hard to like stay with people, but I stayed with friends all the way through. I didn't pay for a hotel until I got to Bali. And in Bali, I just did, um, Airbnb, which was great. I mean, for like $17 a day, which is super cheap. So if you've got friends, go stay at their house because it saves you a ton of money. You get kind of the local vibe. I didn't want to just be a tourist. I wanted to have kind of that local, you know, vibe and energy and be able to say, okay, what's, you know, what are the locals doing rather than just being a tourist and going to see Big Ben, which Big Ben was really cool to see. Um, like iconic, right? But so fine. <laughs> so fine. Find friends. Um, if you're an entrepreneur and you're traveling, don't ever, 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 ever set up a meeting on the day that you're traveling. Don't set any calls. Just be in the moment of traveling because crazy shit happens that you never think is going to happen. And I'm an event planner and I planned everything like beautifully. And I almost missed my flight from London to Singapore, then Singapore to Bali. So I almost missed my Singapore connection <laughs> out of London. And I had it all planned. I was totally good. Um, also pay attention to, this is really random, pay attention to your U.S. based weight sizes and your carry-on um, liquids because they're different coming out of Europe than they are going out of the U.S. So that was something I ran into. Traveling out of Europe was actually harder for me than traveling out of the U.S. because of the, they do kilograms versus pounds, they do milliliters versus ounces, and just that little bit makes a huge difference on how you pack your bags and what actually gets checked versus what you carry on. So pay attention to weight sizes and all the airlines. Like in the U.S., this is really random. In the U.S., every, air, every carrier, carrier is 50 pounds per bag, right? Not, not in London or not in Europe across the board. So flying on these little airlines, you get 18 kilograms for a bag or 14 kilograms for a bag or 8 kilograms for a bag, depending on the ticket that you purchase. And you don't always know what you're purchasing until actually after you get your ticket in hand. And then you go, oh, crap, my bag is heavier than that. And then you end up paying all these baggage fees. So <laughs> beware. I had no idea. 
Exactly. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Um, I've got my passport because I figure I kept telling the universe that I want to travel and, but I didn't have a passport. So it's kind of like saying, sorry, universe. Like I know I say I want to travel, but I, I'm not prepared. So now I have my passport. So I'm very prepared. And if you are, so if you do have a passport, you want to make sure that it's not six months away from expiring. Otherwise you can't enter most countries. So that's another thing. Um, I've run into that with events um, because we've had, People come in and they can't get into a country because their passport has less than six months or less um, on, you know, as far as like to the expiration. So, yeah, just random little things that you just don't think about. You just don't know until you run into it and you're like, oh, I had no idea. You can't take water. You can't buy a bottle of water um, on any Asian country and take it on the plane. You can't buy a bottle of water after you get through security when you're in the terminal and then take it on the plane. You have to drink it before you get on the plane. They did not allow any liquid to come on their plane. Oh, but then I would get so, dehydrated. No, you had to drink it there. You had to drink it <laughs> while you're in the, <laughs> in the waiting area. <laughs> so you cannot, you can drink it. You can buy it there, but you cannot take it on the plane. So See, you can I, take your empty bottle on the plane. <laughs> I'm one of those people. I'm like, I need my water, man. Like, give me my water. Like, I'm in class today. Like, drink my water. People are staring at me like I'm weird. I'm like, I gotta stay hydrated. Like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, totally, totally. So it's like, but no, China, China's the worst. I hated flying through China. I will never fly through China again as long as I can avoid it. So yeah, it just, I learned a lot traveling across the globe this year. Um, and I also which is something that most people don't do. I bought my tickets. I never bought a ticket more than seven days out from flying. Never. So I'd start, I'd start watching plane tickets and then about seven, seven to eight days before I decided I wanted to leave, I bought my ticket and it was super cheap. Is that like, like a good time frame, like seven to eight days out? It works for me. I mean, I can't say like, I mean, I bought 12 different tickets and I never paid an exorbitant amount of money. My ticket from London to Bali was $400. Wow. Yeah. So more expensive to fly to California from Virginia. (laughs) Exactly. It's way more (laughs) expensive to fly in the U S from coast to coast than it is. Like I I got a flight. Um, I was looking at flights to London from LA $500. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and of course I, I mean, I, and I flew coach. So um, I didn't have a problem flying coach. I wasn't, I didn't, you know, I was like, I didn't have thousands upon thousands of dollars to spend on one ticket every, you know, like I could buy one really luxury ticket or I could buy lots of tickets. So, you know, I definitely lived on a budget while I traveled, but it was super intense. Everything I did was super intentional. And I'm going to link all of your links up in the show notes to your podcast, your website, to how people can get a hold of you, inspiredwomenpodcast.com, so that they can get a hold of you. Maybe they have some questions. Maybe they want to learn about events. Maybe they can say like, hey, Lainey, I heard you on Megan's podcast. Um, Do you, I'm fine here. Do you have a couple tips? Or maybe because you've been all over the place that you can help them out. Um, So we're running out of time. So I want to wrap up the podcast with... um, if there's one thing you could leave my audience with about anything we talked about, whether it's traveling or taking care of parents or boundaries with your family, any of the things we talked about, what would you want to leave my audience with? Set boundaries and design your life. Design the life that you want to live. I didn't do that. And, and then I did. So I would definitely create the life that you want and then chase it. 
and don't let anything stop you. That's amazing advice. I think a lot of times we allow way too much fear and way too much what ifs to stop us from actually pursuing the things that we want to pursue in life. Instead of going, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. And you know, the worst that could happen is I end up right exactly where I am today, which isn't so bad. But the best Mm -hmm. thing that could happen is like amazing things could grow in from this one little decision I made. Absolutely. Yeah. I wouldn't change. I wouldn't change the decisions. I would, you know, obviously I'm changing them going forward, but what I'm doing and how I'm doing it is completely intentional. Well, Lainey, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I absolutely enjoyed our conversation so much. Thank you for having me. This has been so fun. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the Inspire Women podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, share this out with your friends and family, and join us in the Inspire Women community on Facebook. I'll catch you next week.